Hello, people, and we are here today with the conclusion of Romans 12. Can you believe it, Sharon? It seems like it's taken us forever. I know, but it's been an awesome trip. It's been more in-depth than I expected. How about you? Yeah, and I think that, as I've said before, right, you and I have talked about this. Um, It's the living word, and every time you do this, you learn something new. And I know that this time through Romans 12, um, I, I have seen things that I didn't see before. Thoughts, you know, have come to me and, and the Lord has revealed things to me that he hadn't before. And, um, and that's one of the things I like about getting together and reading through scripture and just talking about it and, and sharing what comes to our mind because we just build off each other. That's and right. something you say will spur something in me and something I say will remind you of something. And, and um, it's always, it's always an ex- a new adventure every time you get together with somebody and read scriptures together. And, and that's what this podcast really is about, is to encourage our readers to do that, to, to get a buddy, to, to sit down with somebody or a group. Even there's even more dynamics in a group when you actually, you know, you take it a couple scripture, couple verses at a time and you talk about what it means to you, what your thoughts are, what you've learned about that. And, and I mean, if we've spurred anybody along on that journey um, to investigate scripture in that way, then I think we've been successful. Exactly. And listeners, this is 633 wake up podcast and this is our because i said so of season three so just because the intro wasn't there in the beginning and we had our little discussion this is still us and that is still you and if you have just come into today what i've called the conclusions of roman 12 then you're gonna have to back up (laughs) and look at at the uh, listen to the ones that we've done. Um, they're interesting. And we love this thing called our Jesus journey yeah. and how it has changed us and how we have grown in it. Uh, over the years, we've had trips and falls and we've had uh, times where we have felt like we've flown to the sky. Yep. You know, the mountains and valleys. And we just want to share that Jesus journey with you, our listeners, and encourage you to share your journey with others. Like Sharon has been saying, um, you know, don't do it alone. God no. created us to be a body and walk together. What do we say? Iron sharpens iron, right? Yes. So, I mean, I just want to point out when you introduced us, you know, uh, you pointed out that this is 633 wake up. And the reason that it's called that is because we want to wake up the believer in you. Yes. To to believe for more, believe this more, believe God, right? I often say to people, you know, it's not enough to believe in God. You need to believe God. Yes. And you do that by getting yourself familiar with with the voice that he uses for you when you're reading his scripture. 
you know, get to know him a little bit more all the time. And when you get to know somebody, when you first meet somebody or you have a very superficial relationship with somebody, you might not believe everything they say. They're not always to be trusted 100% because you don't know whether they're good for their word or not, whether, you know, everything they say is true. But as you get to know them, as you spend time with them, as you build a relationship with them, the trust factor grows. And you can believe more and more and more what they say because you you have that experience behind you. You have, you know, trust. You have relationship. You have relationship. And that's what we're we're suggesting that you do. When you get together with God through the Holy Spirit and you look at his word, spending time in his word, just reading his word, listening for what he has to say to you about that at any given time. And I mean, Kim and I can both testify. We can read the same scripture many times throughout our lives and it means something totally different. So don't think because you read it already that you've read it. But but sometimes that's what we think. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, uh, you know, because we can quote Psalm 23 or we can quote Matthew 6, 33, or we can quote 1 Corinthians 10, or we can quote John 3, 16, that we think we know it. And, you know, you can know that, but do you know the author? Right. You know, and what he wants it to say to you right now in your life where you're at. Yes. And how many times, Sharon, have you and I experienced, uh, you know, we had this scripture and it meant this in this circumstance. And God took you on a deeper level of the journey of that word. But five years down the line, in a completely de- different set of circumstances, he gave you the same scripture but it had a completely different meaning and sent you on a different trail of scripture in a direction for that circumstance. That's right. Like That's, it's just mind-blowing. It's how, how the, he speaks to us. How the Spirit of God yeah. does that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and until you get doing that on a regular basis, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, about filling yourself up and staying fervent. Yes. With passion for the Lord. Um, until you start doing that, your believer is going to be weak. Yes. And the believer living in you is weak. You need to feed that believer. You need to strengthen that believer and build him up. And and I just want to be honest with our listeners. God created us to walk in power. Yeah. There is power in being born from above. It the Bible says that we have the power to cast out demons and heal the sick and bring the dead back to life because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Now that Holy Spirit has the power to do that. But are we letting him lead our lives so that we can walk in that power? And isn't it interesting? Because as you're talking about the power that we have to heal the sick and cast out demons and, you know, and I'm thinking that brings us right to today's message. Absolutely. Because the word, the word we're reading today says that we have the power to bless our enemies. And yet as human beings, 
we stumble over something so simple. It reminds me of Joyce Meyer, like, you know, if you can't have an authority over a sink full of dirty dishes, how are you going to have authority over the enemy? That's right. Or if you can't have authority over eating one cookie that you have to eat the whole bag, how are you going to have authority over the enemy? And if we can't bless our enemies, like God says, because I said so, God says, bless your enemies. If we can't do that, then how do we have the power to cast out a demon or heal the sick? That's right. So that's going to take us right into the last couple of verses of Romans 12. And as usual, Sharon's going to read from the version that sounds like a Bible. And here she goes. So the New King James Version of Romans 12, verses 20 and 21 say, Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I love that. I have loved that scripture about heaping coals of fire upon their head, like since I became a believer and first heard it. I just think it sounds like, oh, that sounds awesome, powerful, you know. That's right. right? That's the power. That's the power. It's a hidden power because it doesn't make sense. Sorry about that. Yeah. I moved the table. (laughs) But, okay, so the message version, you know, again, Sharon, I think it's really similar. And it says, our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. It's really similar. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone recently and, and I got to bring this in. And, you know, this person said, I believe in karma. You know, mm. what's coming, what's, you know, what they've done is going to come back on them. Well, I believe in the word of God. And God says that it's blessing, not karma. You know, God doesn't repay evil for evil. Not in the new covenant. No, we have to remember that difference. Yes. We're to be different than the way the world is going. Um, You know, we we talked a little bit before we started recording and, you know, the, the, the Bible says that we're strangers in this world, that we're aliens. And, you know, are there aliens among us? Are you and I one of them? Well, the truth is we're supposed to be. That's right. And what does that look like? Why are we aliens? Are you asking me that question? I am right now. I'm putting you um, on the spot. Well, because when we're born from above, we become joint heirs with Jesus Christ to the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, from what I can gather from reading that scripture, all those scriptures, is the complete opposite of what we see in the world today. And the reason for that is because it belongs to God. And the world we live in today is ruled by Satan. 
And I think that, you know, in the kingdom, um, you have to consider that everything's topsy-turvy to what we see right now. Um, we need the Holy Spirit in us in order to live kingdom living because it is not possible for us in our own flesh because our own flesh is ruled by our ego, right? Our self. And our self always wants to please ourself. Yes. And that is, that's Satan's goal. Yes. And so... I forget the question, but I think I'm on a roll here, so I'm going to keep going. Well, why, why do we look like aliens? Yeah. That's basically the question. When you are living in the kingdom as a, as a citizen of the kingdom, the way you act is going to be very different from the people who are not citizens of the kingdom. In the same way that you know, I've seen lots of movies. You see aliens like E.T. or whatever, right? They don't, you dated yourself. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> thank you, Kim. <laughs> they don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They, they don't uh, even, they don't eat the same food. They don't breathe the same. They might not even have lungs, right? Yes. Like, aliens are pretty obvious, right? Unless... Man in black, right? They disguise themselves as humans and stuff. But but is that not what we do? We do. We wear we human ourselves suits. as people of this world, and Jesus calls us not to do that. I mean, he walked this earth, being his true self, and he got persecuted for that. And he says, "If you follow in my footsteps, you too will be persecuted by the people of the world, because you're going to be different." That's right. And I mean, this this isn't where I meant to go with this, but I mean, I got to tell you, I don't get persecuted enough. So I got some work to do. Right. And that's a good, I think that's a good uh, test result. You know, um, right now I'm seeing those little test strips that uh, my grandma used to pee on to test her sugar. <laughs> Now they just put a little dab of blood yeah, from your finger. You know, but she used to she used to pee on this little strip and if and it depended on the color of how much sugar and insulin she had in her body and had to adjust her meds. And I, I'm thinking of that right now, that you know, our persecution, our rejection and judgment, um, you know, people can that be used as a test. For ourselves. A measuring stick. A measuring stick. You know, how how easily are we flowing with the world? Or are we in a little bit of a struggle because we're swimming upstream when the rest are all going down? Right. Do we stand out? Do we stand out? And I'm going to tell you right now, our scripture verse tells you how to stand out. It does. But let's give an example. Okay. So... I was recently talking with someone who um, was working, you know, so in her marriage and she was being brave and being more Godfident in building um, a relationship with her husband, uh, being open and honest and about a situation about you know family and you know it's kind of like if we've been there as moms we often hide things that our kids have done 
from the husband because we don't want the judgment and the talk and blah, blah, blah to come back on the kids. Have you been there, Sharon? Well, I certainly have. but I, I certainly have. Don't know about everybody. So anyways, this is what this lady was going through. And then, then it was like a slap in the face because... Uh, you know, the accusations where it's all your fault, you caused this, if you'd have done this, that wouldn't have happened, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you'd have raised that child this way or that way. And it was like, this is why I don't want to share because now I feel to blame. It's all my fault. And I have been there many times as a wife that uh, feeling blame game, right? And, but the part that came out of my mouth was uh, I really wish that spiritual warfare was given back as good as we got. I really wish that slapping them silly was a form of spiritual warfare. You mean literally physically slapping them silly? Yeah. Because be there's fun. been a lot of people I wanted to do that to. In my I life. know, right? Wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> it's like, wouldn't it be fun? Wouldn't it be fun if that was spiritual war? Just, just a note of caution, disclaimer here. We're not telling you to go slap people silly. <laughs> We're not giving you permission. If you but, choose to do so, that's on you. Same as it'll be on me. But I believe that Jesus says, because I said so, you are to bless your enemies. So, so you can't slap them silly? So you can't slap them oh, silly. Oh man, you had my hopes up. You can't give back as good as you got. Because if we're going to be acting as an alien, if we're going to be moving in a different direction than the world, then we're not going to even snub that husband. Then we're not going to leave. We're not going to hold grudges. We are going to pray and say, God, how can I bless him? What would bless his socks right off right now? Make him his favorite dinner. Mm-hmm. Give him a gift. Back massage, foot massage. We won't go into any further and details. Other things. <laughs> and other things. <laughs> but ladies, spiritual warfare is blessing your enemies. Yes. When we get that as the body of Christ, we will begin to see a reaction. Yes. And I want to focus on this scripture that I have always loved. Because that's what happens when you bless your enemy. When you foot massage your husband, even though you're so angry at him, you want to smack him silly. That's right. right. Is that you heap coals of fire on his head. What does that mean, Sharon? Well, I used to have... Okay, so... We talked about how sometimes in your life, God will show you a scripture and it means one thing. And then later on in your life somewhere, he'll, it'll mean something else. And I used to feel like coals of fire were shame. Guilt. Feel guilty. That's right. So you, you know, I, I once worked with a woman. I don't know what I ever did to her, but she did not like me. And to be honest, uh, I don't run into that a lot. Like, I get along with most people. Most people like me. Um, and so it kind of threw you for a threw loop. me for a loop big time. And um, I did a lot of self-condemnation. Like, I must have done something. What's wrong with me, right? And God came back to me and said, 
you know, bless her. You know, he pulls a fire on her head. And I saw that as a way, almost like punishing her. <laughs> right? Why? I'm going to be so nice to that woman. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I have a new take on that now. That's um, almost as bad as slapping her it silly. It is. Because, it, I mean, God judges by our motive, right? That's right. So, is your heart a hypocrite? That's right. Like, right uh, during that time when I was blessing her, right? I really was doing it almost like just like a spite thing, right? Uh, I know that was not the correct way. But, and I don't want you to think that I, I believe God told me that was the right motive. But I do think he told me it was the right thing to do. Right. There's a difference. There's a difference. So now I have come to think of it a different way. And so when we look at the actual words, coals of fire, okay? When I think of fire, scripturally, I think of God, right? Oh, that's the good. The fire of the Holy Spirit, right? The, you know, he was the burning bush. He was the pillar of fire. Like, God is often represented by fire. And the, the, there's a scripture that says he's an all-consuming fire. That's right. So when I see this scripture and I see fire, I think the power of God. Okay. So when you have a campfire, I'm a big camper. I love campfires. When you have a bed of coals, okay, and you want fire out of those coals, what do you do? Usually blow on it, right. stir it up. But when they're all spread out, your first thing you're going to do is pile them all up, mm. right? And then you're going to blow on them and fire will come. So I have an enemy who is doing wrong to me. And I think we brought this up a bit, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, that, you know, you want to, I think we were still talking about doing good to people. Yeah. Like focusing on the good. Yes. And so when you, when you repay evil with good, what you're doing is you're putting a little bit of coals on that person, towards that person. And these coals are God's coals. So you dump a little bit of coals on there. And then the next time, you dump a little bit more coals on there. And it's not my job to blow on the coals. Right. My job is to heap the coals. Because good deeds are coals in the kingdom of God. And one of these times, the coals are going to be heaped up enough on that person. The Holy Spirit's going to blow by. It's going to ignite fire in their life. That's cool. And that, God showed me that. In a, I hate to say this because Kim's going to make fun of me, but in a vision, um, it wasn't like a movie vision. It was just like an understanding. Suddenly, I could see the picture. And, and I mean, it makes perfect sense when you look at this scripture. So many times, you know, uh, turn the other cheek. Someone asked for your... Your, uh, what is it? Somebody asks for something and you give them your coat too. Yep. Right? So many times Jesus heaps coals. That's right. On people. Right? And when we act contrary to the way the world does, we build up our stash of coals. That's right. To heap on to people. Do you think it has the opposite effect if we don't? 
Are we kicking the coals away? Could be, yeah. If they know you're a Christian and you do not act the way Jesus would, are you dumping water on their coal? That's right. They maybe right. had That's just a, a little bit of, ever of as a relationship with you, holding out a little bit of hope. Is she authentic? Who is this God that she believes? And then we've been hurt by them or we've been disappointed by them in some way because they're, you know, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> As believers, we're so far from perfect. We don't always act and react correctly. But if we are in relationship with somebody who isn't even a believer, and they're holding out hope that we just might be authentic, and we don't get heap coals, but yet we you know, did the karma thing and gave back as good as we got or we slapped them silly or, or wished that on them or wished that on them or distanced ourselves and broke relationship, mm-hmm. then have we given them an example that we're not the real deal? This thing is that God real. isn't. Or that God That's always isn't. my fear. Me too. Is that my behavior the uh, for years my face has always been stuck in the book of Nehemiah. And it's one line that caught me years ago. And Nehemiah, read the book, but his job, he got called by God to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem after it had been destroyed and they were all in exile. And he wanted to rebuild the walls so that they were no longer a reproach to God. And I had to look up that word. Um, and it meant that they don't make God look bad. Yes. And that, for so long, has been a fear of mine. That something I say or something I do, a way I treat somebody or, or don't treat somebody, might make God look bad. Yeah. And I think that is the reputation of the church worldwide is that we're no different than the world. And this is why, is that we don't act like Jesus. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if when we read the Old Testament, oh my goodness, if, if I want to act like the Old Testament and, you know, my child talk back to me, well, I can throw him out in the streets and have him stoned to death by the village. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, there was a time that that was, quote, the law, right? But Jesus came, and we talked about this, how he looks at us now when we become born from above through that innocence, through that washed, forgiven, guilt-free people. That is the difference. When your believer is woke up, that we're free, that we're loved, that we're accepted. And because of what he done for us, this is what he's requiring of us. Because I said so, bless your enemies. Be generous. Surprise them with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. That was the old way. That's the way of the world. But as believers that have been born from above, we're different. And we need to be different. Now, I want to share a vision. Okay. Because the result is not always positive. So a vision that I had 
was that, you know, somebody was in need and I gave them a loaf of bread. You knew I, knew I was we going to do that. Yes, it was the one I was thinking of. Sorry. <laughs> so I gave them a loaf of bread and, and they were surprised and they were grateful. And the same person came to me again and I turned behind me and there was another, there was two loaves of bread. And I turned back and I had two loaves of bread to give the same person. Then the person was shocked, puzzled, yeah. puzzled, Can, you know, and then they, they want, and then I turned around and there was four loaves of bread. And to the same person, I gave four loaves of bread. I'm going to tell you what happened in the vision was that that person was angry. They were ashamed and they were angry and their face distorted into a demon. And I turned and there was double again. And I gave to that person and the demon left and that person was set free and grateful. But when you think of, if you have the expectation that doing good for somebody to guess get a good result, like Sharon had said about heaping coals on a coworker with the expectation that they're just going to like you. Mm-hmm. Because as human beings, we like people to like us. But I think it was last week's episode that I had talked about rejection is my Achilles heel and that God said, you know, get used to it and get over it because there's going to be lots more of it. Mm-hmm. We cannot have the expectation that our behavior is going to change people and situations because our job is to do the giving and the blessing. Putting but the coals on. Putting the coals on. But like Sharon said, it's God's job to blow on it and to change it. And when we are messing with what the enemy has messed up, he is not going to be happy. He's not going to move away easily from those that you are blessing. No. He's going to fight. How's he going to fight? Most likely through the person that you're blessing. So be aware that that you're going to get What's that word I want, Sharon? You're going to get like, yeah, you're going to get a flat back. You know, you're going to get a splash. You're going to get a a blowback on you from your behavior of doing good. So don't be surprised when that happens. No, but do it again. And again, and again, and realize that in, like in that vision, turning around, it's not what you have to give. Who's your source? Mm Mm-hmm. It's God. That's important too. God providing you with what to give. And it's not always a material thing. No. It could it can... be time. It could be patience. Exactly. It could be understanding. It could you know, it could be many things. But the the really important thing that you touched on is in our own strength, in our own self, we don't have the ability to keep on giving like that. No, we're hurt. We usually. need we need Holy Spirit's power to do that. That's right. We need to keep our eyes on God, not on that person. That's right. Right? And just do it because he said so. Because we're citizens of his kingdom. Yes. Right? Yes. 
So we're at the end of Romans. Yeah, and I want to bring in um, the message study notes just for a moment. Okay. Because, and I have got permission from uh, the powers that be to be using the Message Bible and Eugene Peterson's study notes. Um, so, you know, I have that copyright permission piece now. And so he talks about just a couple of lines in his study note on Romans 12. And it says this, Life. Substitute sacrifices no longer do. It's your life God wants, and it's mine. Cows, birds, goats, and sheep will no longer be acceptable. It must be your life. By using the word life, Paul leaves no room for escape. Life includes our whole self, the entire collection of feelings, actions, and ideas. Brain, nerves, muscle, drives, instincts, perceptions, life. It's me and it's you that's offered up, all of us. So in the whole conclusion of Romans 12, do we not... Sorry, people. Do we not see a bigger picture that it's not about me? It's about all of us being as a body. It's about our body as the temple. You know, God doesn't live in church. He lives in you and he lives in me. And we need to take care of his house. We need to take care of the people that are part of the body that we're connected to. I am not a one cell body. I am made up of many parts and many cells and I work together. You know, if if I have happy friends, I'm to be happy with them. If I have sad friends, I'm to be sad with them. Mm-hmm. That we're to bless our enemies, that we're to check our hearts. Are you being true to yourself? Is your heart a hypocrite? Are you acting one way and thinking or feeling another way? Are you doing the judging? Or are you letting God? That's right. So, have you more to add? Like what it, I, I mean, I just want to say, for the whole book of Romans, I think Paul is really spelling out what Jesus said in Luke 9. Um, when he said, whoever, and I'm going to use the uh, NIV right now. Um, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. And what we're talking about in Romans 12 is losing our, our right to our own life. You know, so that that's denying ourself and following Jesus. And put, that's all Paul's doing. Is paraphrasing or explaining Jesus' own words. That's right. Right? And that's what you're talking about. We used to make... We didn't. But 
They used to make sacrifices to keep God happy. Yes. Right? And then Jesus came, and he was our ultimate sacrifice. Let's never forget that. Mm -hmm. Right? As believers, we need to keep uppermost in our mind. Jesus came for me. He came for me. If nobody else was around, he would have come for me. He would have come for you. He would have come to you, listener. And he died so that you could have eternal life. What are you going to do for him? Right? How do you pay that back? All he asks is that you do things the way he says to do them. Turn over your life and live it for him. That's right. It's the least we can do. Yeah. That's what love is. Right? And it, it brings me back again to those words that, you know, preach the gospel all the time, mm. but only when necessary. Use words. That's right. It's our actions and our deeds. Yeah. It's the way we behave. Don't, don't live a life of fear. Don't live a life of anxiety. Don't live a life of greed. Don't live a life of retribution and payback and karma and all that stuff. Live your life like Jesus. That's the message. And that's the wake up. That we stop having an attitude as believers that we believe something but live like the world. That's right. Let's wake up and live like Jesus. Let's not be afraid or ashamed right. to show the world that we are kingdom citizens. Right? Yes. It makes me want to like, you know, pound the air and say, citizens of the kingdom unite, right? Like, <laughs> like let's, let's take on our citizenry and be a little bit patriotic toward it. Yeah. Right? And that's what Romans is about. And I'm so glad that we did this study because... It's just refreshed it in my mind over yes. the course of many weeks. Yes. So. so on that note, we conclude Romans 12. Where we're going in the days ahead, I'm being honest. At this point in time, we're not sure. I'm not even guaranteeing you that there's not going to be a break for a couple of weeks over the holidays. Maybe there will be, maybe there won't. Sharon and I are taking time at, right now to be praying and seeking God's will for what is the next season of 633 Wake Up. And so until next time, be blessed, blessed and be a blessing.